we're well into the 21st century. I think it's time that we stop talking about leadership as a soft skill, right? It's a very necessary skill. You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, J.R. Flatter here. As always, I'm joined by my distinguished co-host, Lucas. Hello. And it's uh, getting to the end of the year. Starting to think about the new year. And we'll talk about more of that in another episode. Kind of in a festive mood. In the year, looking back at what we've accomplished. And what I wanted to take some time to talk about today in this session is a Department of Defense centric topic. So I'll sit there right up front. If you're in the DOD, the session is, is all about a program called Credentialing Opportunities Online, better known as COOL, DOD COOL. And a little bit of background on this program, both people in the arc of their career in the military and people preparing to transition out of the military, oftentimes seeking a credential is the right next best thing. We talk about a lot in our coaching and in our coach training, what's the next best thing? And oftentimes it's not a college degree. It might very well be a credential. And you and I focusing on coaching and coach training, working very closely with the International Coaching Federation, are interested in delivering coaching credentials. And we provide all of the training necessary to get an ICF coaching credential. We've been working very closely with the Department of Defense and the International Coaching Federation to get the ICF on the list of approved accreditations. And we're happy to say in the last few weeks, been able to mutually make that happen. I got a notice from ICF probably three weeks ago that they had finally gotten across the finish line and received approval and listing on the, the DOD COOL site. And I'll mention this URL a couple of times. It's COOL just like you think it's spelled, C-O-O-L dot O-S-D dot mil. You don't need a cat card to get access to the website. You just need to get on there and, and learn the information. And that's what I want to talk through. You know, how do you use this? And you know, is it the right next thing for you? So you've gone through the credentialing process. You know what that journey looked like on your own. Talk to us a little bit about your journey. In terms of your coaching accreditation? Yeah, I mean, I think my journey kind of was parallel to yours in terms of you were in 2RL, we were setting up the coach training services and and I was kind of involved in those live classes. So I, yeah, I began um, on live online training and before I was in any sort of like boot camp or cohort. And then I did participate 
in a couple of the boot camps as a, you know, both a supervisor and a participator. So I've gotten a lot of exposure to those different 30 hour experiences where we're kind of in the deep end and, and just kind of concentrating the learning into only a couple days. So I guess the advantage of like, I like both of them for different reasons. I like the live, like async or the synchronous live, um, that goes on, you know, continuously just because you kind of have time to put what you're learning to practice and give yourself some time to adjust to what you're learning. And then the boot camp, you're kind of very entrenched in it, which is which has its advantages because, okay, now I'm living and breathing what I'm learning. And then you go back out into the world to apply it. So just different types of formats for the same kind of content. But And we've talked a lot in the past. We've had sessions on what does the ICF journey look like? But today I want to focus on what does the cool journey look like? And it's a DOD-wide program but every service chooses how to use the program. And so depending on which service you're in, which department, I should say, Department of the Air Force, Department of the Army, Department of the Navy, and then uh, even uh, Coast Guard can use this. So the Department of Homeland Security and DOD civilians. There's a separate journey described on that website for each one of those cohorts or demographics. So I'll present not an exact journey, but a generic journey, which depending on which service you're in is going to be your actual journey. But the number one thing is, and and part of the reason we were working so closely with the ICF to get accredited is whoever you receive your training from needs to be an ICF accredited trainer. So make sure, of course, we want you to come and learn from us. We think we do it the best. Very experiential philosophy. A lot of uh, successful graduates behind us and in front of us. Uh, You'll join that global cohort if you join our training. But make sure as you start your coaching journey, if you're seeking an ICF accreditation, and I know it's bad to assume, but I would assume if you have decided Coaching is the next best thing for you. You're seeking eventually to receive an ICF accreditation. Make sure the provider that you're going to seek your training from is ICF accredited. And we are. And the COOL program has approved the Associate Certified Coaching Journey. So we provide all of the training. And I'll I'll describe in some detail what that is. Again, to prepare you to take the exam from the ICF. So the only thing we don't provide, the only thing anyone can't provide is the test from the accrediting body. So one of the changes the ICF's made in the last, literally in the last 12 months is a third body proctor for the exam. Because to be a bona fide accrediting body, you have to have some checks and balances in place. And one of those checks and balances is that you have a third party proctoring your exams and also quality standards. So now the ICF is following ISO standards and they have a third-party proctor, which was two of the necessities to 
get them over the finish line and get them cool accredited or cool approved, their accreditation cool approved for funding. So let's uh, just walk through the process really quickly. So depending on which department you're in, you have to first get approval, usually through your tuition assistance office. So however you might seek tuition assistance, any of you who've ever taken a course or enroll in a college class that required tuition assistance. It's usually that same office is a good place to start asking about cool. And again, you can go to cool.osd.mil and it'll tell you exactly what you need to do. But you need to get an approval from that organization that you're in fact approved to receive this funding. And the first step, once you learn what the requirement is, usually to receive an invoice from your training provider. So if you're interested in getting cool funding for 2RL products, you would um, sign up for our ACC training program and send us a note at 2RL at flatterinc.com and we'd get you enrolled in a named class. And we offer classes across the globe depending on time zones. So there are several different classes that you could join. Or if you put a group of student coaches together, we could do a custom course for you. But you need an invoice from us to start the cool ball rolling. So enroll in the course, we'll send you the invoice, and then you'll send that invoice usually to your TA office or someone within that organization. And they'll approve you, and then you start training. I know that sounds overly simplified, and it's a multi-step process. I would say no sooner than 60 days before your class start and no less than 30 days before your class starts. So you got a month long window there that you can send us the request, join the class. We can send you the invoice. You can deliver it to your government agency and they can approve it and you can start training easily the fits within a 30 day window depending on the time of year, obviously. A lot of people on vacation towards the end of the year, so it might be a little slower. End of the fiscal year might be a little slower. Summer, depending on when they take their summer leave. But somewhere around 30 to 60 days before the class starts is a good time to start that. Yeah, I was thinking um, if I'm looking for a certification or an accreditation, um, what's um, pulling me towards coaching? Is it, you know, to add to my leadership tool belt or or to become an entrepreneur in coaching? Where do you see people coming from in the DOD most of the time? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because my answer to you is this is something you and your coach should be discussing. And so you have a coach, but if you don't have a coach, go find one. There's a lot of coaches available. Uh, Part of the journey to getting a coaching accreditation is you need a hundred hours of coaching. And so there are a lot of uh, coaches in the arc of their journey that are looking for people to coach. And if you're a coaching student and they're a coaching student, you can trade hours And the ICF recognizes that as barter and therefore considers it paid. But to go to the heart of your question, how do you know a coaching journey is the right journey? I'll put my coaching hat on for a minute and ask you, 
if you've done uh, a capabilities gap in your own learning, so we're all on a lifelong journey of learning, where is that gap in your learning? And what is the next best thing for you to do? If you're in cybersecurity, you might very well be in accreditation in cybersecurity. If you're in acquisitions, it might be in accreditation in acquisitions. And all of those different kinds of accreditations are available under the COOL program. So we're coaches, we're coach trainers, and our focus necessarily is on those two things. But if you're a program manager and you notice there's a gap in your program management skills, you might go seek a PMP, which you've done. I know you're a PMP. And I assume at some point in your journey, you asked and answered for yourself, you know, the PMP is the next best thing for me. For leaders, irrespective of what you're leading or who you're leading, getting a coaching accreditation is going to strengthen your leadership. One of the things that you'll learn is not just how to coach, which is a big just. You not learn coaching skills for coaching skills, but it becomes your style of leadership. And so we talk about building a coaching culture, which comes from the leadership. And we talk about using a coaching style of leadership. And so if your next best thing for your career is to strengthen your leadership, you can't go wrong with a coaching accreditation. We've got hundreds and hundreds of students that have graduated from the DOD in our programs. And almost universally, they'll tell you that it's significantly strengthened their leadership, personally and professionally. So at work, on their soccer teams, at their churches, wherever they might be leading. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely see it having huge value there. Just, you know, from people we've talked to and, and personally, like I talk about it all the time, like the soft skills that you're developing with just communication in general and and how that applies to leadership and then how leadership applies to your perspective and beliefs <laughs> like yeah so we're about to begin the 25th year of the 21st century not to box ourselves into a time and date but we're well into the 21st century i think it's time that we stop talking about leadership as a soft skill right it's a very necessary skill and i'm not pointing a finger at you i hear this all the time and i'm trying to remove it from my own vocabulary because i instinctively say soft skills in the 21st century a coaching culture and a coaching style of leadership is an absolute necessity and there's nothing soft at all about it it's as hard a skill and hard as a necessity as any other program management you know the pinbock right the bible of uh, program management is a hard skill program management is hard skill technical cognitive and emotional Coaching is the same. It's got technical aspects of it. How do you ask a powerful question? It's got cognitive aspects. What's the next best thing I could say? And certainly well-grounded in emotional intelligence. How do I create trust and safety in this relationship? How do I create trust and safety in the workplace with the people I work with and alongside and for? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like anything relating to people is like said to be a soft skill because it's like hard to kind of quantify like the effect that you could have on people 
Yeah, it's interesting. Is it like related to like social science versus, you know, hard technical science? Or I'm not sure where that came from. You stepped on one of my favorite soapboxes, and that is the difference between natural science and social science. Not to sound too much like a professor, but we're human beings, and you're coaching human beings, you're leading human beings, and we are a mammal, a herd animal, depending on how deeply you want to dig into the, the science of it. But at the end of the day, we have one thing that no other animal no other organism has, and that is choice. And as a social scientist, I would call it volition. You and I are both wearing clothing today. We have a hairstyle. We've known each other your entire life, yet we're so different and similar at the same time. And that's the way you have to work with human beings, is recognize they are part of nature and you can measure them, but not with the degree you can measure and predict bacteria in a petri dish or a herd of sheep versus a group of human beings. So we have to be mindful of how far we apply the scientific principles of physical science to human science, to social science. So everybody's going to respond differently to coach training. Everybody's going to respond differently to coaching. And as coaches and coach trainers, we have to be you know, thoughtful of that as we ask that question, you know, what is the next best thing for you? And make sure that as their coach, we're supporting them and encouraging them in their journey and not overly emphasizing our personal journey, overlaying theirs. Yeah. I almost think that if it is a big question like, I know I need to develop myself professionally in some way, but, you know, I've thought about all these different things and I have no idea what's next. If, if that's also the answer, then, then I think coaching aligns with that as well, because imagine having the skills to, you know, be able to navigate that easier next time, you know, like having the ability to kind of say, these are my values and this is where I'm heading and this is, you know, this is how I want my life to go. Coaching will help that. So, Yeah, there's some common themes of coaching and coach training. And one of those across different cohorts and different generations that, that you and I work with, almost universally people say, this came at exactly the right time in my life. Regardless of where they might be in the arc of their career or the arc of their life. And so you're a father, you're married. There's never a perfect time to become a father, never a perfect time to become a, a husband. And there's never a perfect time to get your coaching accreditation either. Regardless of where you are in the arc of life and where you are in the arc of a career, we just graduated a cohort, probably been a month now, I just say just. And one of the students in the class was pretty far along in the arc of life and the arc of their career. And one was one of the most excited at graduation day. And I thought, how great was that to see literally a new beginning in this person's thinking about life, thinking about their career and actually brought their spouse into the room to celebrate with them and take pictures. And it was really enjoyable to see that. 
And we've also had many times and continue to have Gen Zs in the classes at the very beginning of the arc of their career and the very beginning of the arc of their life, having that same kind of life-changing experience. So if you're listening or, or watching and wondering, is this the right time to seek an accreditation? Talk it over with your coach. If you have a coach, talk it over with significant others in your life. Talk it over with other leaders that you work alongside or perhaps for or perhaps with and ask, ask yourself those hard questions. Is this the right time? Understanding there never is a perfect time. I'm learning coaching later on in the arc of my life and career. I wish I had learned it decades ago. It wasn't part of our world back in the, when I started my career. I almost said back in the day. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about you're a, a millennial still in the first third of your career? I mean, we've spoken to a lot of people and it seems like the belief now is that people are looking for, you know, this meaning in their careers, like looking for more than just, I don't want to just find like a successful job where I'm making X amount of money, but I want, you know, this particular experience where, you know, it's, it feels meaningful and it feels like you're making an impact. And, and I would agree with that. That's my peers and myself. That's kind of like what we're looking for career wise. Um, and so how is that practically possible though? It's, it's one question of like, where do you find those opportunities, but also how do you even identify what is meaningful and like, how do you identify what, you know, is rewarding for you or plan out something that might be five to 10 years in the future? Those kinds of things that are, you know, very difficult to pinpoint and put your finger on. They're aided by this journey, you know, whether you're getting coached or, you know, being in a cohort of people that are training to become coaches I think, yeah, like we, we talk about it all the time, so it's it's kind of a broken record. But yeah, like this is a 21st century skill because young people and people entering the workforce are just looking for different things. And so how do you find those things? Because it's not necessarily going to be on Indeed, you know, you find the right opportunity and it says this job has meaning, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, focused on our DOD uh, cohort today, this year, actually July, I think, of this year, it was the 50th anniversary of the all-volunteer force. And so for half a century, the Department of Defense has been competing in the labor market along with everyone else. And now, as we're well into the 21st century, that labor market is changing. It's much more virtual, much more purpose-driven, and you can find purpose in a DOD career. Anybody who's in a DOD career knows that. Talking to someone on the left side of yes, I want to be part of that, right? You're on the, the right side of yes. You've decided the DOD is a career for you, wherever you might be in the arc of your journey, whether you're one term and out, whether you're a career and out, or whether you're 30 years or more. You're on the, the right side of yes. You've decided, yes, this is a journey that I want to take. 
But when we're competing in that labor market and talking to people who are on the left side of yes, they might have never thought about a career in the military. They might not have ever thought about enlisting. And they're listening to you in your conversations and they have a perception of life in the Department of Defense. And it's what the world is telling them and what they're telling themselves and what you might be telling them. And how do we change that perception to attract and retain the world's best talent this far into the 21st century? You and I, like you said, it sounds like a broken record. We say it all the time. It's embedded in culture. And culture, for better or worse, is the story the world tells about you. Is it a good place to work? Are they going to care for me? Am I going to have the ability to have a career, a meaningful career? Am I going to have the freedom to be myself? And the story that has been told in the 20th century is very different than the story that needs to be told in the 21st century. So in many ways, we're asking, you know, is this coaching journey right for me? Do you want to be a 21st century emotionally intelligent leader in the Department of Defense? And if you do, if the answer to that question is yes, then the coaching journey may very well be the next best thing for you. And using this cool program might be the best way to fund that journey. Yeah, (laughs) I think, yeah, we definitely covered some different perspectives on like, you know, different people could identify with. So I think this will be helpful to point people in this program's direction. Cool. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. So one last time, two important, one email address and one link, the cool.osd.mil. And you're looking for associate certified coach. ACC. That's how it's listed in the cool website. And go to your TA office. Probably you might even know who the cool representative is in your TA office, tuition assistance office. If you don't, you can dig around in the cool website and find out who it is you need to talk to and ask around whoever your human resources leader is in your organization, probably be able to point you in the right direction. But the first thing to get the cool ball rolling is an invoice from a ICF accredited coach training program, of which we are. So send us a note at 2RL, so the number two, Romeo Lima, 2RL at flatterinc.com. And we'll send you an invoice for whichever class it is you select, and you'll be on your way. So Lucas, good to see you again. I know I'm going to see you between now and the end of the year, but for our listeners and viewers, have a happy holiday season, and we'll see you soon. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or a review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.